All right, crack them beers. Sunday. So before we get into today's topic, something I wanted to touch on from a couple weeks ago, um, when I was going back and doing the episode notes on what was it the what is what is country country music? Mm-hmm. In that episode, we were talking about. Um, I think you were talking about authenticity of, I don't know, representation, how you dress and what you do, like who you are. And uh, that that was big for you. And I was a little more about the sound rather than just that. And we were really uh, dumping on Walker Hayes and the Backstreet Boys. And I think you gave a scenario. You asked something like, "Would what, what if the Backstreet Boys came out with a record yeah. that <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. sounded really country, that was really good? What would you think then? Would you consider that legitimate? And <clears throat> we we hadn't talked about this. Yeah, it's like if there's if they came out with a sound that was full on yeah. what we call what we've been calling country country, yet it was still the Backstreet Boys. Then what do you do? Yeah, w- would I be okay with it? Yeah. And so I I thought about it as you you said it, and I was like, well, wait, wait, can I interject one thing? Yeah. I think this might. Be the third episode we've talked about the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Let us never speak of them again. Um, yeah, yeah, we're, we're just n- no more of that today. We're just touching back on this. Um, so, as I was thinking about it, I was like, well, I guess if you got like a really legit producer of like some awesome stuff, like George Strait's producer, Tony Brown, and got in. Paul Franklin, like the living god of pedal steel, and guys like Brett Mason on guitar, who like is the sound of like '90s country, Telecaster, everything. Yeah, I'm getting into this album. Yeah, and so yeah, it was like you know what? If you got all those guys together and made like a really legit sounding country record, and it was just the Backstreet Boys singing and made it, and and they sang country, what would would I be okay with that knowing it was the Backstreet Boys? And I, I said, yeah, if, if it sounds like it, I think I would. Um, and then also in that same episode, we were talking about, I think I mentioned uh, Florida Georgia Line's new record, uh, You Can't Say I Ain't Country. Yeah. And we've dumped on Florida, Florida Georgia Line quite a bit in the past too. But I was actually really impressed with that record. And I mentioned that. A uh, couple songs like "You Can't Say I Ain't Country" and this really bang, like wicked song, uh, "The Speed of Love." Isn't there a Backstreet Boys collaboration on that album too? Didn't we I discover know, that? There is, there <laughs> is. Yeah, and it's, it's so bad. Um, but th- regardless, there was a whole bunch of songs on that record that I was like, "This is actually this is surprisingly good and sounds surprisingly country, way more than I thought I would." And so when I was going back and doing the episode notes on that, I decided to look up uh, on the All Music site all of the credits for that record for Florida Georgia Line. You can't say ain't country. Yeah. First thing I see, Paul Franklin on pedal steel. <laughs> our all-star band. Was yeah, there. Our, almost. <laughs> there, I, I looked, I went through it, and there, there was no Brett Mason, uh, <laughs> but there was Derek Wells. And Derek Wells is like, he's like our age. He's a, a young Brett Mason. Like his, his his sound is like in that same kind of vein. Usually when I love like some awesome Telecaster riffs and I, if I look it up on all music, if it's not Brett Mason, it's usually Derek Wells. Yeah, so it was kind of cool to see that a lot of the credits on that whole record were a lot of what we were talking about from uh, from that hypothetical scenario of how to make some 
BS pop band sound, real country, bringing these guys in, then actually having appreciated the Florida Georgia Line record a little more. And oh, surprise, it's all these guys on the record making it country, country. <laughs> this is like the second thing now that's, I mean, we didn't, obviously, this happened before. This was already in existence, but um, it was like the little Nas thing where we, uh, we said, it, they should just start bringing real rappers into country music if they if they want to rap about it. <laughs> Surprise! <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was probably already out there when we were talking about it, but it was on SoundCloud and nobody had brought it out yet. Yeah, no, we pre, made it. Ha- we made it pre happen. pre controversy. <laughs> well, all of that's worth drinking to anyway. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Country, country music. All right, so how you feeling? <clears throat> you all recovered? Still got a few bruises, but mostly I'm recovered. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> We're not sure if Sean got in some fights or if he met some pavement or what happened on some crazy Nashville nights. I'm the only one that will ever know. <laughs> <laughs> or will you? I'll just keep continually making up different and cooler stories. <laughs> we, uh, it, I think it took me until Wednesday for the hangover to go away. A Nashville hangover is no joke, man. You know, I've, I've, I've had big weekends a lot in my life, but I'm not sure I've went on such a long, thorough bender where I didn't even have the opportunity to be hungover because you're so immediately drunk again the next day that it just compounds everything until your final hangover four or five <laughs> days later that lasts. <laughs> that's the call. That's the cumulative hangover. I think that's from an Archer episode where it's like, if I stop drinking right away, it's like the, the uh, cumulative hangover will literally kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to wean it off. <laughs> yeah. But it, w- it was good times. Uh, we, we were in Nashville last weekend for my bachelor party. Uh, it was probably Sean's, I don't know, how many times have you been there before? I think it was I think it was my fifth time there. Fifth time? Yeah. It was my first time. I uh, can't believe I haven't been before. It was kind of astounding, but my goodness. Was it? Was what it, a town. We never even really uh, debriefed on this. Did you, um, was it better than you expected? Was it as it's, as expected? Um, well, it was it, as or better. I think I was expecting Broadway to be bigger. Yeah, longer. and I think I mentioned that to you. It seems like it's larger than life, and then you get there, and it's like geographically, it's actually quite small. Yeah, but there's a lot packed into that yeah. that small area. Yeah, I like how it still kind of like looks old school. Like we we first arrived to Broadway at night and coming down down Broadway uh, from Midtown in an Uber, and it 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 almost looked like it should have been kind of the 60s yeah where you or the 80s maybe where it's too dark to see the modern buildings around you and kind of at the bottom of the hill is all the lights and it's yeah. such a short strip of uh, what is it like four blocks of yeah, it's got to be uh so that it was it was really cool i i think um the caliber of the music was what i expected it can be like 11 a.m like 
whatever place you walk into and it's like yeah the caliber of musicians that you'll find in there are like it's next level i am so glad you detoured us into layla's yeah because after what was that after the hall of fame oh yeah yeah we were gonna go uh do a quick stop at boot barn for some new gear uh which is always required and right before we were getting in there sean pulls everybody aside and just uh you know what one quick beer. Let's just do this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ease my I, own pain. I, <laughs> ease your own pain. I, I just need a beer right now. Like, yeah, all right. We're on no schedule. <laughs> we went in and this band started playing. Oh, my goodness. Was his name Tom Buller? I don't remember. I rem- the band was called Just Plain Trouble, but the lead singer, I think his name was Tom Buller or something like that. And they were great. Yeah, and they were. Oh, it's like You had your basically your own private band you oh know? yeah like, there was, was like our group of nine and then maybe another nine people in there at that time and <laughs> weren't they all canadians too <laughs> more than half were <laughs> and he's just taking requests and killing them all playing some george Strait for me and then pounding out the merle and the alan jackson later it was it was dynamite great steel player in there too yeah as much as there's a ton of you know uh, other stuff in nashville like you talk to i have a lot of local not a lot but i have a few local buddies in uh in nashville and it's all like you know go, go here go here like stay off the stay off broadway like blah, blah blah but it's like i still i do love broadway and it's like i get how as a local it would be a bit tiring but yeah. um it's like you got to get down broadway and, and check that out just to see you know i think just the the bars the buildings like they're all old honky tonks and i think they seem like they all have pretty much the original facades and all that stuff and then, yeah, just the caliber of music that's being played there. And you really get to see what level of musician you need to be um, in, in that city to be like, let's be honest, like, I don't I don't know, remember what time that was, but it was fairly early in the day. That's not an ideal time slot. And you've got an amazing band ripping oh, it I up. I think in it there. was like 1 p.m. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've got to at least be way better than this. Yeah. Because if this is what's playing at 1 p.m. on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. The bar is set pretty high. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I always heard the same thing. Uh, stay away from Broadway, touristy, et cetera. We went to a lot of places off Broadway, Midtown, East Nashville, everywhere. And other than the Opry, there wasn't music better than on Broadway. And I, I have trouble thinking that if I became a local there, that I'd want to stay away from there, from the few places like Roberts and Layla's that yeah we're at aj's that were just pounding out like great honky tonk because we didn't hear that kind of music anywhere else in town other than the opry on saturday but that's a whole different level yeah i guess it's just that whole sort of staying away from the most touristy spots oh, yeah, that totally. you, of the town that you live in you know oh yeah it gets yeah, annoying yeah. but yeah I, same thing if i live there i think there'd be the odd saturday where i'd be like i'm gonna go down there and have a beer and yeah see what's know. going on at layla's or roberts yeah plus fried bologna sandwiches Oh man, recession special. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> had a couple good. of those <laughs> between the seventeen margaritas. Yeah, I think there is there is a really solid underground scene that I think to to touch on it in in Nashville. I don't think you're going to be able to find much on on a weekend. Like we were there for what three four days, and I think it's one of those places where to scratch the surface of of the underground, you'd you'd really have to ingrain yourself and you know start frequenting a lot of the. Um, the other places like basement yeah yeah Yeah, places like that yeah that's a good segue into today's topic that is true which you have previously (laughs) alluded to in earlier podcasts to 
is it the dark cave you live in? I, I believe that's what I said. Yes, the underground <laughs> is the dark cave that I live in. Excellent. <laughs> Which you've reminded me of multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll continue to do so. The Sean Oliver quote right there. Yep. So uh, where do you want to start on it? So essentially today we're going to talk about our favorite underground underground country artists. Um, maybe we should talk about what that is first because last week we spoke about um, artists that we, we referred to as bridging the gap between keeping it country, keeping it legit, and wh- while making commercial success, while having commercial success. Um, so with a bit of a different stride this week, we're going to talk about underground, but maybe we should talk about what that is because that'll mean different things to different people. Somebody very much in the industry will know all the people we're talking about and be like, that's not underground. That's been around for years. But to the average listener who only listens to country radio, they'll never have heard of these people. So you, you see how there's kind of this, this different perception. Yeah. And I like mean, if we talk about like Whitey Morgan. Yeah. To like, us, he's a, he's a superstar. It's I've known about him for years and yeah. went to his shows like six years ago and everything. Like I love it. Um, but somebody else may never have heard of him. Yeah, and, and that's not played that's on the radio. So in a way, he's underground, but it's not like he's new and up and coming. Yeah, and I mean, he's selling out shows, but he's he's not playing stadium shows. Like if he if he were to be playing arenas, it would be as a support act and and things like that. And I think, in my eyes, I think he's incredible, incredibly successful. But I don't think you could define it as full on commercial success like we did, uh, like the definition from the last right. one we did, where it was yeah. like a Sturgill Simpson or a Chris Stapleton or something like yeah. that. So, and I think that is the, that is the, the line that gets drawn. And I mean, I, I think the characteristics that I, I go for in, in these kind of artists is it's the same as the artists in, um, in the bridging the gap episode where it's that, you know, they maintain their, their ideals, they stay true to their vision, all that kind of stuff. I think maybe it's that some of these guys are maybe a l- little less palpable, palpable. Is that the word I'm looking? Is that a word? Palatable. Palatable. Yeah. <laughs> palpable. Palpable is different. Palpable um, is a word, not the one you're looking for, though. <laughs> a little less palatable than um, than some of the the guy, other guys we talked about, like Stapleton or Sturgill, Sturgill Simpson. Um, whereas maybe someone like Whitey Morgan is super outlaw, right? And it's like back in the '70s when Waylon was doing his thing, it's like he was considered outlaw. But when you listen to the music, like I don't think it was as hard driving as as a Whitey Morgan. And you know, it's almost a some of these for guys, the time it would have been. That's fair, but I guess you know he had he did achieve commercial success, so maybe someone like Whitey Morgan still will because you know I think a lot of these guys are a reactionary, like their music is reactionary to what's going on on country radio today, and mm-hmm. I, I think that's a pretty obvious statement. I think we've talked about it before, um, but yeah, it, it's definitely a reaction, and and the people who can't stand you know the the pop country that's on the radio now, they they want to listen to something. And they want some new music. They have an appetite for new music. They can't just listen to the old stuff all the time. So that's where I think these a lot of these underground underground artists come in. So that's what we're going to run with our broad definition for today's purposes. Because, like I said, somebody could take umbrage with what we're referring to as underground. So we're going to define for our purposes today as being not in the mainstream. Yes. Okay. I think that makes sense. And I think it's important to... Not on country radio, not in the mainstream. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think 
every I know at least for me every artist I'm talking about today is artists that I absolutely love and it's you know I wish them nothing but commercial success I hope yeah. that's what happens but um, they're also not brand new they've been doing it for a little while yeah 100% okay yeah all right all right so uh who you got in your list let's just dive into it well I was actually thinking uh as we were talking so I'm I don't have a super this isn't going to be a super long thing about this guy because I, I don't have a lot of background I'm kind of been perusing as we've been talking here but um there's a guy named Pat Reedy and he's from uh from Nashville or I, I think that's where he's living now yeah you sent me his stuff a little while ago yeah and I just I thought it was uh kind of apropos because um so it's Pat Reedy and the long time long, long time goners is his band but it was kind of funny because as we were talking about Nashville, I was started thinking about this song uh, he has called uh, Nashville, Tennessee at 3 a.m. And I was kind of like, you know, it, it was kind of it's very relevant to like some of the nights there. we had there. <laughs> and uh, so then I was reading a little bit about it on uh, on his website and uh, they, they talk about that song, um, you know, uh, talking about music city during the surreal liquor soaked hours of the early morning after the parties died down. And you do really you pick it up a bit towards the end of the nights there because you know everyone's so drunk they're gone the streets clear out pretty fast and it becomes a pretty uh pretty lonely place that talks about how you know he used to take his trips into nashville in his 20s and he'd hitch a ride back uh by train hopping um members it was you know one of those train rides that i met a semi-retired circus clown who became what? my best friend his name was stumps the clown what? like i feel like it's right it's right on the, <laughs> on the website talking about busking on broadway and then grabbing beers from a gas station uh, walking up to this pedestrian bridge to look down onto the strip and that all know. sounds normal until the <laughs> clown train thing <laughs> yeah like I, I feel like he came very close to getting murdered but yeah. at least he made a friend out he of really it really rolled the dice on <laughs> introducing himself to that clown <laughs> you know what any time you introduce yourself to a clown <laughs> you're, you're rolling, rolling the dice <laughs> <laughs> if it's on a boxcar and a train yeah yeah any of those things really yeah. like you're you're really <laughs> flirting with death there <laughs> you have, i'd say it's 50 50 serious stumps <laughs> you look like a nice fella why do they call you stumps <laughs> uh, oh we digress yeah we digress anyways uh pat reedy he's, he's cool I, i've gotten into him recently um I think he's the reason I got him to, on into him is he's on Muddy Roots Records, I believe. And is that uh, the you played at that festival, right? Uh, I say played, but it was more like I went to it and then we ended up just like playing oh, yeah, playing yeah, yeah. while we were there. Right, 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 right. Just kind of on a on a whim. We there's like a little bar on site, and it was the first night there was no music happening, and we just kind of rolled into the the bar and set up and played like uh acoustically like we, we had a drummer playing right. on like the old plastic like uh, you know the big jugs they bring in <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the mayonnaise yeah. <laughs> and we had like an upright bass player and his he was from a band called cletus got shot anyways i'm not gonna go into the whole story but it was hilarious like it was like three Aren't hours you, like buddies with the owner or the organizer or something or rather so that's what i was gonna say so jason from from muddy roots the guy who started it all the the mud father they call him <laughs> um <laughs> So I, I think they signed uh, this this Pat Reedy guy, but that's how I discovered it. Because anything right. that Jason puts out there, I, I just tend to listen to it blindly, and it's usually good. But uh, yeah, he's a real cool guy. I think anybody should check him out, Pat Reedy and the Long Time Goners. They've got two albums out. Um, one of the coolest uh, lines I've, he has in that song, Nashville, Tennessee, at 3 a.m., is uh, I thought this is really, really cool. It's, uh, Everyone's an outlaw until the cocaine wears off. The only thing that's cheap in this town is talk. Huh. Isn't that good? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, like I said, uh, I don't I don't have a ton to say about him because I don't know a lot of his background. I, I just gave you the the snippets as in uh, Stumpy the Clown. And yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll do a, a featurette on Stumpy the Clown later. 
uh, later in there. We reckon he's probably hard to track down. <laughs> I think we can get an interview with Stumpy. Old Stumpy. <laughs> um, so speaking of Nashville underground, because we're going to veer away from there, uh, probably my favorite, at least th- th- that's much more your world, but I'm definitely very into it as well, too. Uh, not new, but I think still one of my favorite of the genre is J.P. Harris. Man. He's like an enigma. Really? Like, is... I follow him on, on Instagram, and I feel like he used to be a carpenter and still, I think so. and still continues to be. Pat Reedy, that guy I was just talking about, same thing, he was a carpenter. So, like, I'm, I'm, I guess, I, I don't know, but I'm wondering if, like, if... Is music not entirely full time for him, and he's carpentering and then doing strings of shows in between? And then when he does go out, he has like epic shows and records, like because it's not video. full full time. Yeah, I don't know if it's yeah, a, if either. it's a full time thing or not, or if 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 it's a money thing, or if it's like a passion or otherwise like full-time carpentering thing that he's not getting away from or maybe that's dated maybe maybe that i'm thinking of a couple of years ago but well, as you mentioned this as you mentioned this carpenter thing i i have a couple of questions number one so it's getting a little suspicious he's a carpenter he's got the beard i don't think i've ever seen him wear a shirt yeah you think maybe he's jesus <laughs> honky-tonk jesus <laughs> honky-tonk jesus he could be it's true it's it's possible yeah, yeah. he's 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 a prophet of things to come. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, hmm. suspiciously suspiciously he wasn't around over Easter either. Wait, you you were following him, and maybe <laughs> just like went dark on the internet. Yeah, he went dark. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure. I've seen something from him recently. <laughs> um, but yeah, major fan of him. He's someone who, like, to my personal favorite style of country music and with a more honky-tonk edge but he also has a heavy western swing to his style yeah love 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 it but uh another main thread an interesting tie between a number of people uh that we have talked about or will be talking about um so his steel player for a number of years, what J.P. Harris's steel player was a fellow named Brett Resnick. And he also played on the record of someone else I was going to talk about who I really love is Kelsey Walden. And that was a killer record. And I should pull up the quote. I don't know where it is. I'm going to find it and come back to it um, about his playing on that record from some review. It's one of the coolest things I've seen for like a, a, a steel reference. Um, and then he got picked up from there to go on the road with Casey Musgraves. Oh, it's all coming together. Yeah. And like, and our streak of mentioning Casey Musgraves, I think is probably five of five now. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not sure there's going to be an episode where we don't mention her. (laughs) This podcast brought to you by, (laughs) um, so, so that, that's, that's just a really cool connection, particularly in how we were talking about Casey as this super successful phenomenon now that is crossing over into pop but still doing a very good job of if not keeping it entirely country keeping a very firm nod and assurance to country people that like she's still country yeah and to me one of the biggest ways apart from sound is she's traveling she, she's travels with a pedal steel player 
a lot of country like full-time country acts don't do that let alone someone who is like crossing over into pop so huge kudos to her but the guy she's got is a guy who played on one of my favorite records from kelsey walden and what at least two records from jp harris so that's pretty cool yeah and he must be doing something right it's funny how within the scene where you would think there'd be a million players um you still see a lot of that uh you know shared shared players and, and that kind of thing and i find that you know exists and definitely like you know we're in a smaller city and it's the music scene here is, is definitely a little incestuous but uh you'd think in some of these bigger cities where there's so many potential players available but it, it still seems to be the same way it's like you see the same people playing on the same tracks and the same bands touring with the same bands um but I guess you know when you're doing something right and you, and you get your reputation, uh, it's better to go with someone that's got a good reputation versus just picking someone up that's uh, that's brand new. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find this quote because it's so good. So you you go into whatever you're going to talk about next. What uh, what do I got next here? I wanted to talk. I thought about this this guy today. Uh, I don't know why he popped into my head, uh, and because I, I, I think I kind of wanted to ask your opinion because I don't think I don't even know if we've ever talked about him. But uh, Hank three. So I was like, it just popped in my head as I was doing this. Uh, Don't like it. Yeah, I figured you didn't. But like, I, and then I was like, where the hell has he been? Like his last album was 2013. He seemed to went dark for a while. Um, I I love him. I think uh, it's really cool stuff. But, uh, and I, I think he's a very interesting individual. And, you know, I like metal and stuff too. So it's been, always been interesting to me how he was doing like the split kind of stuff with uh, Ass Jack or whatever it was. But anyways, I, I looked up some stuff. I'm not going to go into Hank, uh, Hank 3 for a long time, but I was just curious as to what uh, what he was doing. So I looked it up and I found an article on Saving Country Music. And it basically sounds like he's still getting kind of blocked by that record label he was on. I, I think it was what called was he on? Uh, Curb, I think. And he had like a multi-album deal. And then I guess he... Uh, he left that label and there was still maybe one or two albums left in his contract, but there was like a big legal battle or something. And then you probably wouldn't remember this because, uh, if you weren't too into Hank three, you wouldn't care, but they then went on to release like two albums, albums I put in quotations because they were just like old unreleased kind of, kind of tracks, but they pa- tried to pass them off as new. And I think a lot of people got fooled by them and they weren't very good albums cause they were just, you know, patchwork. Right. But, uh, anyways, it sounds like he's, uh, and then he's had some some troubles in between, just like I, I guess with his living situation, and whatever else. Uh, but it sounds like he's sort of back on the up and up. So hopefully we can we'll hear some new stuff from well, hopefully for me and a lot of his fans, we'll hear some new stuff uh, from Hank Three. Doesn't Are you sound a big like fan he, of him. I am. I like. I, I obviously like his a bit of his older stuff. Like Straight to Hell was amazing to me. And then he had those two earlier albums that one of them seemed like it was almost. Well, I think it was meant to be a lot more commercial than than his other stuff um i can't remember the name is that one of the more like punk no records no it was like it was called right i think it was rising outlaw or um i think that's what it was called it, it, it was anyways it was the first one with uh where i think it was his first album that sound, you could really tell that they were trying to groom him to be a little more commercial and then i think after that album is when he went the way he went when is in his own oh, direction right which was all more of that cow punk type yeah, stuff yeah, cow punk right yeah the word um so i found that quote just to jump back to uh kelsey walden and uh brett resnick so about it was about her record uh what was it called 
Oh man, it's right over there on the record player. It's the latest one. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Sitting right over there, it, like I ordered it straight from her. I sent it <laughs> to her Gmail account, and it came, and it has like a sticky note on it that says like, I don't know, like thanks Andrew and Joy Kelsey or something. It's so cool, Very, and whether whoever wrote it, right? It just it's so cool to get stuff like that. Yeah, it's super cute. I, I have to take a look now. I've got a way. That's what we're talking about. So anyways, regarding I've got a way, uh, this is actually from NPR, and it's Ann Powers. Um, and the quote is, nobody kicked country's denim-clad booty harder in 2016 than this young classicist from Western Kentucky. In this personal declaration of independence, Walden pays homage to her obvious predecessor, Loretta Lynn, with a rock and roll vigor that carves out its own territory. On pedal steel, Brett Resnick is Walden's hype man, pushing her to new levels of fierceness. Hmm. That's something. That's kind of badass, eh? It is. Her hype man. <laughs> I want a hype man. You see, everyone wants a hype man. <laughs> he just and follows you around. Yeah, you don't talk about like hype men outside of hip hop. That's, I'm that's awesome. One. I'm getting If anyone's listening that's a hype man, you hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all I had to say about that. All now right. that I've rambled on and stepped away from the mic. Uh, <laughs> okay, so you were talking about Hank 3. Um, who else? Well, somebody that we should really talk about is Mike and the Moon Pies. I did not expect you to pull that out, but I fully, fully, wholeheartedly <laughs> endorse it. I suppose we only talked about one or two names that we had on our list for today. So Yeah, that's fair. Um, man, I've liked these guys very heavily since I first learned about them last January. And I feel like so much of the other music I listen to is from where these guys are from at same or less popularity levels. I don't know how I didn't come across them. Uh, but they were playing when we were in Texas, and we were going to go to one of their shows, actually their album release party. Um, timing just didn't work out, and we ended up going to another show the night before instead, which was John Wolf, somebody else who is, uh, I guess, maybe underground some... No, he's becoming more mainstream now. He would have been more underground a couple of years ago, but... Looks like he's going to be having a lot of good success. Anyways, Mike and the Moon Pies, what a honky-tonk throwdown. These guys are amazing. I love the the title track, Steak Night at the Prairie Rose, um, but also they've got this great song called Wedding Band. I haven't heard it. Oh, man. I, I'm not even going to try to describe it and uh, ruin it and not do it justice, but it first well, let's, let's listen to it after yeah yeah the, the the first verse like makes you think it's something else and then comes <laughs> in with a curveball and it's it's pretty clever it's a great great tune uh yeah big fans of them uh i'm big fans of most things coming from texas yeah i think uh i think that's been established and i like it because it's uh it's not a scene that i've been super familiar with so you've you've been you've introduced me to a few so it's nice and i look forward to our all texas episode i'm excited about that one Oh, yeah, we did say we were going to do that. Yeah, committed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you knew about Mike and the Moon Pies before. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. 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 Um, what else you got? Well, uh, I wanted to talk Coulter Wall, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We've got different opinions. I know you like him, but I think it's you're not as uh, rabid about uh, his music as I no, am. But you know what? Here's the thing. I, I'm going to pull a Kanye. I'm going to let you finish. But <laughs> <laughs> pull a Kanye. In. I'm going to let you finish, but... 
so I do like him. I love that he's from Canada and what he's doing. I love that he's Brad Wall's son. Nobody knows that. Yeah. And like he's like the conservative former premier's son and he's like this outlaw country musician, yeah. which is great. Like I it's it, I think it adds to the story. Um I I heard him it was funny too in that context uh one time I saw him play he uh he played a Blaze Foley song uh I don't remember the name of the song, but it's like, it's a super anti, like, it's like, he's the president, and I don't care, like, and he was singing it in the context of Trump, and yeah. it's in that context, it's even funnier that, you know, that's who his father is, not yeah. Trump, but uh, Brad, Brad Wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old Manitoba. Yeah. Um, so, the only thing I want to say about that is, what what gets me about him, and it's like, it's no criticism to him, it's just something that... I can't get over, and I think that's why I've not been able to go full out Coulter Wall like you and so many of my other friends, is he sounds exactly like old Johnny Cash. And not like, yeah. I don't mean like, no, like long old time man ago, Johnny like Cash. old man Johnny Cash, like yeah. American Highways, like Hurt, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so many of my buddies who are big fans of him don't believe me, and then so at parties, we, we play a little game where I put on a mix and choose one song or the other like <laughs> b-side songs that aren't like the number one hits that you don't know and it's like is it johnny cash or is it coulter wall it's no other unless it's like a song everybody knows it's a crapshoot you it's it's six to one half dozen to the other yeah i mean you can't you can't really fault the guy for sounding sounding like him but and i don't and that's and that's my thing is like i i don't fault him whatsoever at first i thought it was a ripoff i was like oh who's this guy trying to like trying to like be a johnny cash impersonator uh but he definitely seems like he comes by it honestly and that's his thing and he's doing it so well and great for him uh that that, that was just my one thing that like from the beginning i chuckled when you walk. when you told me that story originally <laughs> too but yeah he is uh I don't I don't know what they're putting in the water in uh, Saskatchewan, but there's a couple artists. Isn't he from Manitoba? No, from he's from Swift Current. Uh, I think it's in Saskatchewan. My bad. Yeah, and the only reason I say that is that or I won't talk about it uh, in this episode. But there's a couple other artists coming out of there too that uh, out of Saskatchewan. So definitely something happened. But I mean, it's it's prairies, right? It's yeah. like um, that's cowboy country. Yeah. He he posted something I think on his Instagram like they they actually have cactuses out there. Really? Or cacti. Really? Yeah. They were small, but they were cacti. It was cool. I didn't know they grew that far north. Me neither. Because it's clearly like northern desert. Yeah. Like an extension of... But he right seems like a pretty legit like rancher. Um, I saw him. He caught a lot of flack on uh, on his Instagram as well because they were like... he sh- Video or photos or something, they were like branding branding the herd. And people were not happy about that. I was like reading the comments, like the Michael Jackson thing, eating the popcorn. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> there's a lot of angry people in that in that thread. But yeah, anyways, this guy is, I feel like he's an absolute tour de force of country music. Mm. Um, and he's young, like, I think he's like 23 years old. And uh, that's that's wild for what he's accomplished. I mean, this guy, yeah. uh, Lucinda Williams, brought when he, when he was even younger, she brought him up on stage at the Ryman. Wow. Um Steve Earle said, uh, Coulter Wall is bar none the best young singer-songwriter I've seen in 20 years. Wow. Another Steve Earle quote that we were throwing out there. Um, Dave Cobb doing production on his albums. Um, yeah. Recorded, I think, his last one at Studio A in Nashville. I think he's living down, uh, or he was living down there for quite some time. Um, he's on a, 
I don't know. I, I'm not 100% sure what label he's on now, but I know he was with Young Mary's uh, record company for a while. She's pretty cool. Um, a lot of the acts that, that are coming out of that record label are really cool. There's like Ian, Ian No. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else is on her label. It's worth just checking out the label and going through her roster because there's a lot of cool stuff. You said Young Mary? Yeah. Yeah, I never heard of her. Yeah, it's it's uh, she's really putting out some cool stuff. Um, the only other thing I wanted to say is just a, uh, kind of a funny story about uh, Coulter Wall. I, I met him in Montreal a few years ago. Like I'd I'd say probably maybe four ish years ago. Uh, super small venue. Um, they had just come up from the states and uh, they were out of uh, supplies, shall we say it? Um, some <laughs> things that you wouldn't want to bring across the border. And uh, so I'm standing outside with a friend of mine and I see uh, their band is standing there. So we go and we, we had a smoke with them and my buddy uh, had a lot of extra supplies. So we hooked up the whole band. And uh, so then we were sort of just chatting with them for a bit. Uh, he played a show. It was amazing as always. Uh, packed, packed, packed house. Everybody singing along. It was, it was great. Um, so after the show, it cleared out really fast. It was kind of a crappy night. I think everyone just wanted to get home like weather-wise. I ended up sitting at the bar with him for uh, for a while. He was super nice guy, down to earth, chatting with me, which I love to see that, right? It's like, because yeah. the, these people become a bit larger than life in your eyes because they're like one of your yeah. favorite musicians. Um, so we sat there just chatting, but you'd see like everybody that would walk up to them, he'd talk to them, he'd give them a hug. Um, so sidebar, we literally drank the bar out of whiskey. By the, <laughs> by the end of the night, we were doing shots of like some weird liqueur because he had nothing, like guy had nothing left to, Where was to serve it. I don't remember what the place was called. Uh, it was in Montreal. Yeah. Um, I think on, was it on St. Laurent? It wasn't a super well-known venue. Like, okay. I'd never been there. Yeah. Um, I'll remember it at some point. But, uh, yeah, it, it was small. Like, I think you could fit maybe 50 people in there. Um, so then, you know, we drank the bar out of booze, and we parted ways. I passed out fully clothed, face down, at my Airbnb. I woke up. Uh, I, can't, I can't imagine you doing something like that. Well, yeah, at least I made it home. Uh, I missed like 20 calls from my friend who was staying with me. Uh, he had to stay at a cheap motel down the road. I woke up to an $80 parking ticket. The moral here is I'm never drinking with Coulter Wall again. Huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's fair. I have never drank with Coulter Wall, so I don't have a similar story. <laughs> but... Um, Somebody I have drank with, but I don't have a similar story. Uh, Corb Lund. I guess this is almost further to the earlier conversation of not at all new. Like, this guy's been killing it since, man, I think I was finishing high school when his first record came out. And such consistency until now, record after record after record. And I, I just, I, I love seeing that it, he seems to be picking up so much more steam now, particularly in the U.S. And I, I don't know, I don't know if it's the new format of Spotify and whether it's Outlaw Country or whatever else on XM that, like, following him on social media, just seeing, like, huge shows he's playing, like, all over the U.S. and then, like, just taking a small break now. But uh, it's really cool to see when an artist that's been plugging away for, like, a pretty long time, mm -hmm. longer than most people would uh, without just packing it in, um, and then you st they start to see some success. Because uh, yeah. it just shows that it's, like, you stick to it, like, eventually. And I, and I think... I think the climate... We've talked about the climate of country music right now, and I think that's probably what lends to um, him picking up a bit of steam is that the, the climate is more ready for it now i think in in what way 
and that I, I think there is more um, real country music out there. There is more genuine country music. I think people have are starting to have, you know, taken in their fill of pop country and, and everything else. And you're seeing more, uh, like you mentioned, guys like uh, Luke Combs and things like that. It was all the guys we mentioned in Bridging the Gap really um, are gaining uh, quite a bit of success. So, But that's only on the radio. Guys like everyone who we've mentioned now, like Corb gets played on Canadian radio for sure. But this right. should those artists should sort of pave the way, um, and I'm not saying this will happen for him, but it should pave the way for some of these other artists to. It should make it a little bit of an easier road, I would think, or I would hope. Yeah. But that's what's good about you know seeing some real music becoming actually popular and commercially successful, like we talked about. Yeah, and and, and it's so much easier for people to find it now, because I guess radio would have been the only thing and the most important thing in the past. And while it's becoming so much more pop and narrow, like the playlists are becoming so much smaller than they used to be Mm -hmm. and so much less accepting of anything but like mediocre middle of the road, I guess it has been, uh, aside from what we were talking about of like the Luke Combses and the Midlands and whoever that are kind of striking out and hopefully um, blazing a new trail for what uh, mainstream country has been for the last couple of years. But outside of that context, there seems to be so much more access to all these people we're talking about through Spotify, different satellite channels, et cetera. It's easier to find. It's easier to find. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine living in an age where you're just, all you could get was what's on the radio. I mean, you would have known no better, but... but the radio was more accessible at that time too. Yeah. And uh, like in the eighties and nineties, like that, that was your only chance, but like there was so much more opportunity at the time too, than there is now mm-hmm. more budgets, larger playlists. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I love that you can just go on, like you can go down a rabbit hole for hours, just finding new artists, new music. And I mean, I, I think when I start, I do that. I'll just for a couple hours, just, uh, you know, sift through some, some new stuff. And I'd say from what I find it, my success rate is probably like 10% out of what I listen to. I like, but to me, that's a, you know, a couple hours well spent if I come out of it with an artist that I absolutely love. And that's yeah. how I, I find most of the artists I listen to, but that's, yeah, I love, you know, um, Spotify, Apple for whatever, like whatever the, the service may be. I, I love that you can just sort of go from artist to artist to artist. If you like this, listen to this, like it, it's a really cool feature. And I'm thinking as you're talking, I, I feel like, and not even in a country music context, in just in general with my friends or my fiance's friends, more people talk about what they find or what they listen to in terms of Spotify and Apple Music than the radio. Yeah, because I think it's their own discovery. It's cool, right? Like, But with the technological age and the internet and everybody has apps on their phones, like who's really listening to the radio anymore? I listen to it a lot because I'm in the car, but I also have satellite radio. So yeah. I switch between like legitimate FM country stations, get tired of what's going on there and then switch to XM and jump through my four or five country stations there. But then I have Spotify, but everybody else just talks about Apple Music, Spotify, and it does like great suggestions. So if you're into X artist, you're going to have so many other suggestions along that same line that aren't something you would find by listening to whatever your average FM station is. Yeah. I, I think there is still obviously people that are listening to the radio, but I, I think they're 
we've talked about it before, like active listening versus, I guess it would be passive listening right. where it's just background, right? right? So it's, yeah. they can't be bothered. They, they probably couldn't be bothered to build a playlist or seek out artists on, on any of those platforms. But I, it is, obviously it's changing, but it's, I, I, I think you're, you're right that it's just become such a, an easy way to find new artists. Like you listen, you're supposed to new artist every single day when you're listening to, to yeah. yeah. I wonder if there's, and I have no idea. I wonder if there's any examples of, um, number one selling artists, not billboard play, but billboard sales, uh, or even Apple sales, number one artists in a genre that aren't on a mainstream radio or that debuted at one or built their way quickly to one just through sales or streams on a certain platform that are not on the radio. It'd be interesting. Let's look it up and we'll come back to it at some point. Yeah. Um, who else we got? I want to talk about uh, Josh Morningstar. I sent you... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I kind of... I really love that song. The Jerry Lee one? Yes, and that <laughs> ha- and a funny tie to... Uh, I was just talking about Cor Blund because who uh, he's singing with on that song. Is that not the one with Jada Dreyer on it? Yeah. Oh man, 100%. that's such a killer song, and she's dynamite. I've got a, got a lot of good things to say about her. I, I laugh so hard at that song. Like, I'll, I'll for for the listeners, uh, it's a song called "Jerry Lee" by Josh Morningstar off of his album uh, "The Plea," which came out in December. Um, so it, the line in it is, and it's gonna get a little uh, X-rated here. Well, not X-rated, but anyways, the line is "Fuck Chuck Berry, I'm the real trailblazer." Uh, people always stare like they're scared of me. For the record, they ought to be. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it just paints such a, uh, I think, what from what you hear, an accurate picture of Jerry Lee being, yeah. you know, uh, I, I think in the song you mentioned something about him marrying his, marrying his first cousin. And, uh, oh, yeah. But that song is just, it's hilarious. And the pace of it, too. Like, it's, uh, I don't even know what you'd call that, that, that pace of that song. But uh, it reminds me of those kind of, like natural born killers, Santa Fe, South of West sort of yeah. vibes that yeah, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. kind of just bounces and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's that, like, that's a cool song. kind of vibe. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I did some uh, some reading on this guy because I again I didn't know too much about him, but it sounds like he has just been around forever. Um, you know, lots of problems. Josh with, Morningstar. Yeah, lots of problems with drug addiction. Uh, six different stints in county jails. Uh, apparently the last what six, for, drugs, I don't know. I, I, I didn't really go. It sounds like probably drunk tanks type oh, stuff, yeah. but, um, that's not real. No, I mean, maybe <laughs> not. Maybe some of it's totally real. Oh um, no. I mean, I believe it happened, but that's yeah. not a stint in a jail. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I didn't go that far into detail, but, uh, you know, it, it sounds like he's, he's doing a lot. Like he writes a lot. He wrote, uh, the lead single off the newest Cody Jinx album, uh, must be the whiskey. Oh, nice. Um, which is also, oh, yes, it's on his, he does one of those too. Yeah. So he, he does yeah. a version of it on that album, the plea. I'm and sorry. I like the Cody Jinx one better. I do too. Okay. Yeah. But that being said, I don't really like the song that much in the first place, hmm. but, um, I do like that Cody Jinx album. I just think as a single, I, I don't know. It's, it's good. It's a good song. It just felt a little, I want to say almost forced, but yeah, it was clearly written for Cody Jinx. <laughs> yeah. Um, Whitey Morgan could have done it too. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, this guy's starting to do uh, like he's he's toured with uh, guys like Shooter Jennings, uh, Jamie Johnson, Bobby Bear, Jason Isbell, Travis Tritt. Nice. Uh, and it, 
apparently Tyler Childers and Coulter Wall, he toured with them as well. Huh. So anyways, he's worth checking out, Josh Morningstar. From what I, everything I read, it sounds like he's just, you know, one of the, the greatest human beings out there and an amazing songwriter and just one of those guys who hasn't, hasn't popped on his own yet, but I think yeah. in his own right, he's achieving some, some good success there. And I think there's probably a lot of bright things in the future for him. Yeah, I like that record quite a bit when you sent it to me. Was that a, a month or two ago? Yeah. Um, I feel such a sense of pride when I do that, when I send someone. It's like to you or my brother, I send a lot too. And it's like, <laughs> it's the same thing. It's probably like a 10, 10% success rate. But once you get one, you're like, yes. Is your brother only a 10% success rate too? Yeah, probably. Uh. If he listens to it at all. <laughs> so what you're saying is your brother and I need to start sending each other music. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Cut me out of the whole equation. <laughs> um yeah, no, I really like that uh, first song on it, the lead-off single. And uh, I, I like anything that Jada Dreyer does. Um, and she co-wrote this really hilarious, great song with um, with Corb Lund called uh, Horse Poor. I haven't heard that one. Yeah, ch- check it out. Uh, Google it. I'm, I'm not going to do anything a disservice and try to describe it or let alone sing it, but uh, but, but but check that out. Uh, what, do we, what do we got next? Did that, did that, did that. You you wanted to talk about Cody Jinx? Yeah, I, I think he's worthwhile. It's worth um discussing for sure. Um I don't what's your what do you what do you think about Cody Jinx? Are you into him? I I am really into him. Um personally, I find him and Whitey Morgan very similar in yeah. style. And I really like that style and I like them both. I think I, I think I air to Whitey a little more. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, particularly of his early albums. Uh, r- really liked, uh, was it like Honky Tonks and Cheap Motels, everything right up to like Me and the Whiskey. Really liked this last album too, yeah. but I feel like it had a bit more of a rock edge mm-hmm. than, uh, than like the older Honky Tonk edge that he was always putting out, which is still great. But personally speaking, I'm just a little bit more in the older camp. I was honestly with Cody Jinx for a while. Like everybody kept telling me to listen to him and I didn't like it. Like I, I felt like um, it almost had like, I use the term loosely, but it was almost a little new country for me. And I was Cody Jinx. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And I'm, that's why I'm saying I'm using it loosely. Cause I was just like, I kept listening. I'd be like, I don't think I'm into this. Like, and everyone was talking about it. Like it was, you know, the, the greatest thing ever. So oftentimes when that happens, like, uh, there, there's albums or artists I will re-listen to 10, 12 times before I like them because I, I feel like I it's not doing it much justice. So I, I kept going at it with this guy and listening to it. And um, eventually I was like, I, I really came around to it and I started listening to the songs more and listening, you know, actively listening. And I guess I just didn't get it right off the bat. I didn't get what he was doing. And obviously I do now. So, I mean, I really love what he's doing. I, I think... Uh, I, I will admit, I don't think his newest album is not my favorite, but uh, all his other previous albums, especially like some of his, his older ones, I think there was one called 30 that I love that album. There's some really good songwriting in there, some really good storytelling. Um, but it is, it's pretty outlaw uh, mm-hmm. country. I agree. Um, but I do feel like it should have uh, some mainstream, mainstream appeal. There's some songs in there that I personally think should be on the radio. They're radio friendly. I feel um, like he has started to. Char- I don't know this for sure, but I feel like he's been on the charts. That uh, I'm not the devil. That album, it yeah, peaked, uh, peaked at number two on Billboard's country charts. So but that's, that's for the record. 
but yeah. as a single, yeah. like I feel like he has had something in the top 40. Like he's been on the radio. Uh, must be the whiskey charted, I think, right off the bat. I think so too. Single. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember where it charted to, but uh, it definitely charted. Um, little known fact here. Do you know he played in a metal band for a super long time before he... That not at all surprises me. <laughs> me neither. I didn't know, but... <laughs> When I read it, I didn't even go, huh. I just went, makes sense. Yeah. Oh, that's old news for yeah. so many, like... I, I love that, though. It's uh, Unchecked Aggression was the metal band, if anybody wants to look that up at <laughs> home. We'll, we'll link it uh, in the episode notes. Um, but yeah, you do see that a lot, either punk bands, metal bands. Um, I think, you know, I won't get too far into this. Maybe we could talk about it in another episode. But I think there's a lot of parallels that are drawn between um, certain genres of music. But... Uh, yeah, another Texas boy, so maybe we can revisit him a little more in detail on our Texas episode. Absolutely. Well, speaking of Texas, um, there's quite a bit of like underground Texas women uh, that I am a big fan of. Uh, probably the most, going back the furthest, would probably be Sunny Sweeney. Uh, big fan of her music and back when we had a female lead singer in the band we would cover some of her songs uh yeah can't can't say enough about her and love her latest record which i think was last year and that like heartbreaking song uh bottle by my bed have you, have you heard it no i haven't heard much of her stuff well she lives in texas now i don't know if she's originally from texas but uh definitely an austin girl at least at the moment austin lady austin woman Good old Austin gal. <laughs> um, so also a couple others that are more up and coming that uh, you don't see around as much, but I, I, I think I learned about from Instagram or Spotify or a combination of the two. Uh, Brie Bagwell and Summer Dean, uh, definitely worth checking out. Um, and Miss Tommy Ash. Not, I think she's actually maybe from Arizona. No. I'm not sure, but I like her. Yeah, she's cool. I like her a lot, and uh, and so she's buddies with like, well, seems to be buddies, Instagram buddies. They seem to play a lot of shows with uh, Nikki Lane, who I like a lot, and Whitney Rose, who you know. Yeah, she's uh, she's from Toronto. Yeah, and uh, Canadian gal. Yeah, she's Canadian a good, lady. Good friend Canadian of my uh, good friend of my brother's, okay. and uh, yeah, I've uh, she's she's super nice. I'm so happy that she's out there and doing what she's doing and seeing some success because she's uh, she's phenomenal. So it just takes a move sometimes, I guess. Uh, you know, Toronto yeah. maybe wasn't ready for the vibe she was laying down, and boom. Most, uh, I think she has a weekly residency at uh, the oh man, what's it called again? Where's brain fart i was there last year in austin um i'm thinking cadillac lounge but that's toronto uh what's it called continental club yeah okay and so i I don't know she does one day of the week and then like dale watson does another day of the week it's pretty crazy right that's kind of badass yeah dale watson's badass oh he's the most badass we should be talking about him as underground he's the guy who like started the ameripolitan music awards yeah that's fair maybe that should have been a discussion as well yeah like he he's like a, a godfather of this kind of music underground country keeping it real honky tonk rockabilly everything else Always pretty amazing to see someone who's uh, putting the genre before themselves, I think, too. Like, he's doing so much for, for the genre, and that's really cool. I, and I think that kind of comes with the territory is, you know, you become like a godfather of the scene like that. But uh, 
yeah, he, what he's doing is really cool. And he seemed, I, I met him actually at, uh, at Muddy Roots. Oh, really? Yeah. And he was, so I'm standing there and, and uh, we're chatting and he, the guy's just pulling out Lone Star beers out of nowhere. Like, I'm like, Seriously? where are you even? They're only serving PBR <laughs> here. And uh, so we're chatting, we're chatting and he's super nice. Like, guy's got his arm around me. And then I'm like, man, I want to get you a, one of my CDs, but they're back in my tent. And he's like, I'll stand right here. And I and it was far, man. Like it was probably a five minute walk, and I had to. So I I ran it. I ran it like the kid from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with the golden <laughs> ticket. Um, and I grabbed my CD, and then I think I grabbed him a T-shirt or something, brought it back, and we had. I gave. He it to was me. still there. Yeah, we he had another ghost. beer. No, I, I mean I left my my girlfriend there with him, so he was probably enjoying talking to her more than more than me. But yeah, nice guy. What's this? Oh yeah, you. You're getting me the CD. <laughs> yeah. Oh cool. Can Thank you. you. Go, Thank can you. you go get me another one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well played. Um, yeah, what, what were we talking about? So I feel like maybe we're running out of time here, but I still got guys left on my list. I'm sure you do. Should we do like I a have little? A lot. Yeah, should we do a quick like honorable, uh, honorable rapid, mention? Rapid fire honorable mention. Rapid fire honorable mention. And we'll definitely find time to talk about these guys in different podcasts in the future. But uh, who, who else was on your list to talk about today? I got uh, Luke Bell, who's... I had um, him on my list, too. Did you really? Yeah. You know <laughs> you know how I found him? Um, did you ever watch uh, The Ranch on Netflix? Yeah. yeah. It, it was sometimes, I think, yes. it was on there, right? Yeah, yeah. I would, see, I was listening to him before that, and then I heard it. I was like, no way, he's on The Ranch. Oh, man. I heard it, and I, was, I, I had the opposite reaction. I was like, well, not opposite, uh, in, in that I'd never heard him before. I was like, this is an awesome song. It was that's in the such, background such or something. Yeah, Maggie's like at bar. the bar. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, that's amazing. I think, I don't know what I did. I must have had to Shazam it or something and figure <laughs> out what it was. Or maybe I heard some of the line and I Googled the line to figure out who it was. Uh, yeah, Luke Bell is awesome. Um, okay, so you said Luke Bell. Uh, Rob Linus. Not s- super familiar with him. Uh, you know, I don't know where he's from. Is he from California or from Texas? You know, this is uh, worth a quick Google. Our rapid fire honorable mentions is really, not, really not, zipping along. Yeah, not not <laughs> not uh, not coming up. I don't think we're capable of doing anything rapid fire. To yeah. be honest with you, it's all long winded and drawn out. <laughs> Even my googling is not. Uh, <laughs> is not rapid fire this is why we need like hey we need a hype man we need like some sort of uh, assistant that sits here and google stuff I for think us they call it a producer <laughs> <laughs> no i'd prefer assistant oh no i was way off uh he's from uh southeast within the appalachian mountains i don't know what where specifically that is but that's just what google's telling me off the top so which oddly enough we were arguing over the pronunciation of earlier <laughs> appalachia or yeah. Ap- appalachia appalachia or appalachia yeah uh, I'm sure someone will correct us. Yeah, <laughs> it depends on who you ask. I think I've heard it both ways. Possibly a regional thing. Yeah, a regional dialect. <laughs> Steamed hams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's an Albany dialect. <laughs> <laughs> or is it Utica? <laughs> yeah. Upstate New York. Upstate. Yeah, I'm from Albany. Uh, it's a Utica thing. <laughs> oh, this might, I think we're continuing our Simpsons streak as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, can, we can't have an episode without a Simpsons reference. Uh, who else okay, so who here? you got? Uh, Ryan Bingham. Oh, yeah, I was going to say him too. And I'm not also, surprised our list shares a, a few. Yeah, it's true. Uh, have you watched Yellowstone? No, you told me about it though. I just don't know how I'd even watch it. I don't know where it's... Uh, what network it's on uh it is on the paramount network yeah but if you don't have cable like is it just out there mm, illegally 
Yeah, I'm like a hundred, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's awesome. It's yeah, I want to check it out. I, I keep seeing clips from it and like on his Instagram or whatever. Yeah, Kevin Costner owns like the biggest ranch in the U.S. Awesome show. Uh, and then he's one of the ranch hands and he does a bunch of singing and everything on it. Uh, it's a good role for him. Uh, so, okay, so that was you. You said Ryan Bingham. Um, Rapid Fire. John Langston. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Who is now becoming less underground. He's becoming on the charts now, but for years was Which putting out goal, awesome right? stuff. Yeah, totally the goal. Good for him. Um, putting out awesome stuff himself. I think paid for himself on independent records, uh, but he, he he's, he's a great guy. Big fan of him. You're up. I'm up. Uh, Tyler Childers. I know we talked about him last time, but I think he's still kind of occupying the underground and... Uh, I, I'm not going to go over everything I said about him again, but yeah, that would be my, he'd be on my list for sure. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of him too. Um, yeah, I think last time we were talking about him being something we were seeing to be big for the future, like the next Sturgill kind of thing. I think that's definitely the direction he's going, but it, we'll see. That's for sure. Another one for me is Jesse Daniel. I believe he is also from Texas. I'm not sure. I think I found him on the same kind of uh, rabbit hole of YouTube or Instagram or Spotify on the all the other Texas stuff I was finding. But uh, re- really dig his his sound. Very very legit. The last guy I'll mention uh, is uh, Bob Wayne. I don't know if you ever heard of this guy. No, Bob, he tours as Bob Wayne in the Outlaw Carnies. Um, I mentioned huh. him because he's like he's been around Does for a he long know Stumpy time. Stumpy the Clown as well. <laughs> Probably Stumpy might be in the band. <laughs> uh, he just plays uh, steel guitar with the stumps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Bob Wayne's like he's the consummate like underground artist, and I, I don't know that he would even if if he was offered a huude record label deal or whatever he'd probably just give him the finger and head the other way but uh look him up y- you might not so much like the music because it's a little more cowpunk mm. um but he's a real cool dude and uh, a lot of good players i'm g- not gonna be able to think of any of them at this time but a lot of good players have been on the road with him and a lot of people see it as cutting their teeth going on the road and he's on the road like i don't know i want to say probably 90 percent of the year wow. and uh he's he's a crazy dude it seems like he'd be i have i've never met him but he seems like he'd be a pretty awesome guy but yeah he's some wild stuff going on out there with uh bob wayne and the uh and the uh, outlaw carnies cool all right well let's uh end our not so rapid fire rapid fire there rapid fire and uh let's have a beer and you want to go put on a record yeah let's do it what uh what do you want to put on um why don't we put on uh luke bell yeah let's do it all good right. idea Sometimes I'm all right. <laughs> country, country music. 